Welcome to the Oasis Church Podcast. We're so excited that you join us today. And wherever you're listening from or whenever you're listening to this, we hope that you are encouraged. And if you ever want to join us in person, you can always join us at 10 a.m. at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. But we love you and we hope that you're encouraged today. I wanted, like I said a second ago, I wanted to talk with us about... Something that for some reason the church doesn't get to talk about. Now, this topic is scary for some people. Uh, it has a lot of preconceived notions with it. Uh, don't put it up yet. I told him, just wait. We're going to reveal it in a second. But, you, but we get scared talking about this in church. But you'll talk about this topic with your friends. You'll talk about this topic with your boss. Some of your jobs have to do with this topic. Uh, and some of you, you'll, you'll read books about this topic. You'll listen to radio shows, pod, radio shows, podcasts about this topic, right? You'll watch, you'll watch documentaries about this topic. You'll read scandals that have to do with this topic. But when church talks about it, it's scary. Like we don't, okay, wait, we're going to talk about that in church today? I, I can't believe, well, they just want to talk about it because of, X, Y, and Z, and you come in with all these preconceived notions. Well, today it's Halloween time, right? And we're going to talk about the scary thing. And here's what we're going to call this series that we're talking about today. Don't talk about money, all right? And it's a series where we're going to talk about money. And some of you get a little uptight when I just say that sometimes, and you're nervous. Oh, we're going to talk about money today. Well, today we're going to talk about the tithe. What does it mean to tithe? What does the Bible actually teach about tithing? And I know what you're already thinking. Well, he just wants a pay raise. Well, guess what? That's not how it works in this in the world, all right? Now, but but the, the Bible does talk about the tithe. It, the Bible actually talks a lot about money. And so what we're going to do is we're going to face the scary topic head on, and we're going to talk about tithing today. We're going to continue talking about finances next week as well. But today we're going to talk about the tithe, the principle of the first fruits, the principle of the firstborn, also known as the tithe. And we don't have to be scared of this scary monster talking about it in church, all right? It's going to be safe. But I will tell you this. We're not going to shy away about what the Bible teaches about tithing. I'm going to teach you what the Bible teaches about tithing, and you can make your own decisions from there. No matter if you've been a Christian for 40 years or you've been a Christian for a couple weeks, you can learn something today about tithing. You can learn something today about finances. But let's start with some facts, all right? I would ask that if you're in here and you're a little nervous right now and you don't want, you, you, you are already have a preconceived notion about what I'm going to say, I would ask that you would take a couple seconds and just pause and say, God, open my heart to what your word has to teach me today. All right? And then you can make a decision yourself. But let's start with some facts. There are more than 500 verses in the Bible about prayer. All right? There's, there's nearly 500 verses in the Bible concerning faith, but there are 2,000 verses on the subject of money and possession. In fact, Jesus, in his 38 parables, 16 of them talked about money. Money is a big deal. Money is a topic that God does not shy away from. It certainly wasn't a topic that Jesus shied away from. And so we're not going to shy away from it. I've actually realized we've never taught on this at our church before. And I thought, well, if, if we're not going to teach what the Bible says about finances, then where are you going to get your information from? And the sad part is, is you're going to get it from Facebook 
You're going to get it from uh, news articles you read. You're going to get it from what other people have to say. But I don't care what other people have to say about money. I care about what God says about money. And so we're going to talk about it. And to be completely transparent with you, I was going to start this message series off and, and give some like, uh, what, what did I, how did I write it out here? I wanted to, to give some qualifying statements, something like, you know, hey, if you just think we want your money, then tithe it somewhere else. We've said that before here, right? Or, hey, we don't need you. The church doesn't need your money. But I decided, I'm not going to start off by saying that. I want to teach you what the Bible says about tithing. You can think whatever you want after today, but I just want to teach you what the Bible teaches us about money because it's important. The Bible says that where your treasure is, there is where your heart is. And so if you want to find out what someone's passionate about, if you want to find out what somebody's all about, go to their bank account, go to their credit card statement. See what they spend their time and money on, and you're going to find out what someone's heart is. And for some of us, it might be our retirement. For some of us, it might be our kids' college fund. For some of us, it might be whatever. But I want to teach us how can we prioritize our money God's way so that we can uh, live in God's blessing. And so today, we're going to talk about the principle of the first fruits. All right, it's what it's called in the Bible. Sometimes it's referred to as the principle of the firstborn, but it's also known as tithing. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to start talking. We're going to use a couple different Bible translations today. They're all on the screen, and you can follow along. And the first verse we're going to look at today is Exodus chapter 13, verse 2. It says this. It says, Consecrate to me... All of the firstborn, whatever is the first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both of man and beast, what does that last two words say? Is mine. It's mine. And so God is very clearly saying to us that the firstborn is his. The firstborn is his. The tithe is his. The first fruits are his. It's not yours. It's not mine. It's God's. The first belongs to God. In fact, God says that the firstborn is his 16 times in the Old Testament, that the firstborn, they're his. It says this, and a little bit later in that same chapter, you shall set apart to the Lord all the first that opens the womb. All the firstborn of your animals that are males shall be the Lord's. Every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem. Y'all say redeem. So every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. Or if you will not redeem it, you got to break its neck. Come on, John Cena, somebody, right? Like you got to do something. Every firstborn of man among your sons you shall, what's that word? redeem, all right? So we're going to camp out here for a second because it's vital and we're talking about donkeys and breaking people's necks and all kinds of stuff, okay? But I want to demystify all this for you really quick. According to the Old Testament law, I want you to pay attention to this. The firstborn, listen, was either sacrificed or it was redeemed, okay? There was no third option. It was either sacrificed or it was redeemed. And so let me put it to you this way. If you had a farm back in the Bible times, and your cow had its first calf, like the very first one. It had never produced anything before. It had its first calf. Now, if that was considered clean, you would redeem it, or you would sacrifice it. You would give it to God. You'd actually bring it to the house of the Lord, and you would give it as a sacrifice. If, if say, you had a, you know, you're, you're not a Jewish farmer, but say you had a, a pig, right, and they had their firstborn. Well, that would be considered unclean. And so what you would have to do is you would have to redeem what was unclean with a spotless lamb. You would have to go to the temple. You'd have to go buy a spotless lamb, and you'd have to sacrifice 
sacrifice it in order to redeem the thing that was unclean in your house. Does that make sense? So when the firstborn, you either had to sacrifice it or if it was unclean, you had to redeem it with a spotless lamb. So here's the two thoughts I wanted to boil it down to. The clean firstborn has to be sacrificed. The clean firstborn had to be sacrificed. The unclean firstborn had to be redeemed. Leave that slide up. So with that idea in mind, I want you to think of something. This is taught all throughout scripture from Genesis to Revelation. This idea is taught throughout scripture. So with that idea in mind, I want you to think about when John the Baptist sees Jesus for the very first time. He sees Jesus and John the the Baptist is baptizing people. He sees Jesus and he says, look, he says this. He says, look, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So don't miss this. Listen, the clean firstborn has to be sacrificed and the unclean firstborn has to be redeemed. Put that slide back up for me. Listen, Jesus is God's firstborn. Jesus is God's firstborn. And on the other hand, he was unblemished in every way. He, he didn't mess up. He never sinned. He never had a bad thought. He never lashed out in anger. He was perfect in every way. He was the unblemished lamb. Us, on the other hand, my goodness, if you hang out with me for more than 30 minutes, you're going to go, that boy needs Jesus, right? But you and I need Jesus. We're unclean. We're born sinners, the Bible teaches us. And, and it took Jesus, this was the symbolic parallel here, that Jesus was God's firstborn who was clean, completely unblemished. He was spotless. And God gives him as a sacrifice, what? To redeem us, okay? Do y'all understand what's happening here? The parallel that the Jewish people, when they would have read this, they would have understood what was going on. Jesus was God's sacrificial gift to us to redeem us, the people that are unclean. So Jesus was given out a sacrifice so that we could be redeemed. Jesus is God's tithe according to the Bible, Now, I thought you said, God, the tithe was 10%. That's what I always thought. Well, listen, no, no, no. The tithe is the first. And so God gives us Jesus as God's tithe. And listen, God gave it to us. He gave us this tithe before we ever believed. And so he did it before he he was able to see the fruits of of his tithe. He gave it before we believed. Don't miss this. It says this in Romans chapter five, verse eight. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die as a sacrifice for us while we were still sinners. Before we had the chance to obey, before we had the chance to live for him and to do things for God and to to live our whole lives in accordance to God, he gave Jesus. He gave it in faith, if you will. Have you ever wondered why? And this is a hard part of the Bible. I'm just being honest with you. This is a hard part of the Bible for me to to be okay with. But I know the Bible's our authority. But this is something that I've struggled with before. Have you ever wondered why God killed all the firstborn in Egypt during Passover? Like, that's brutal. That's a hard thing to explain to a person that doesn't believe in the Bible or has questions about the Bible. Well, the reason God can justify doing that is because they were his, They were the firstborn. They belonged to God. And God gave clear instructions that, man, we're supposed to offer our, the the, the firstborn of everything is his. And so that's how God can do that because uh, he was able to do that. But if you notice, none of the firstborn in Israel died. Why? Because they sacrificed a clean, unblemished lamb and they redeemed their children. 
You see, the, 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 the clean sacrifice, is a, the, the, the clean firstborn is a sacrifice. The unclean has to be redeemed. And so the, the people of God redeemed their children with the blood of the lamb. And that's what the tithe is. Listen, it's recognizing that the first belongs to God. And we give it to him, listen to me, in faith. We give it to God in faith. It always requires faith to give the first. It always requires faith to give the first. Let's think about it in biblical terms for a second. When they sacrificed the firstborn lamb, let's say you had a, a bunch of sheep and, you, and one of your sheep had a lamb, you sacrificed the first one, not knowing if that sheep is gonna produce any more lambs, not knowing if that crop is really gonna continue to be healthy and produce after you give the first to God, not knowing if that cow that you have that's supposed to bring in a lot of money for you and supposed to give some people some ribeye, somebody, come on, and, and not knowing if it would produce any more cows. You, you give the first one in faith before God's blessing comes. That's what the tithe is. It, it always requires faith to give first. God did not say, hey, let your lambs produce 10 and on the 10th one, you can give that one to me. That requires no faith. God said, no, 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 I want the first one. The first one belongs to me. The, the, the first lamb belongs to me. The first cow belongs to me. The first set of crops that you yield belongs to me. That's what the giving in faith is. That's what the tithe is. You see, the first person is the redemptive portion. In other words, when the first person is given to God, listen to me, the rest is redeemed. When the first portion is given to God, the rest is redeemed. That's why we have church on Sundays. The first part of your week, come on, give it to God. Our week doesn't start on Friday. Our week starts on Sunday. We give God the first day of the week. And, and, and that's the way that we live. Like we, we want God to have the first of everything in our lives. And I don't know about you, but I love that Sunday's the first day of the week. That's why I don't take off Monday. I take off on Friday. Why? Because God gets the first of my week and I'm going to, today's day number one. I'll rest at the end of it, but today, today's number one. And I'm going to give God that with the rest of my, my week. But okay, but Pastor Clint, I don't know of anyone in here anymore. My father and mother-in-law used to have a farm. I don't know anyone in here that actually has a farm and you make your living through selling cows and sheep. Does anyone actually do that in here? Didn't think so. But your increase comes a different way. Your increase might come through something else. And we would call this the principle of the first fruits, all right? So this principle still applies. It says this in Exodus 23. The first of the first fruits of your land, you shall bring to the house of the Lord your God. This verse presses even harder into the principle of tithing. It says this, it says, you are to give the first of your first fruits. If you have an apple tree, the first apple that thing produces, give it to God. That's it. You give it to God. You bring the first of your first fruits. But then notice what it says. It says, the first of your first fruits of your land shall you bring into the house of the Lord our God. Now listen, this might step on some of your toes, all right? I'm sorry, but here's the Bible teaches. It doesn't say, hey, bring your tithe and give it to an awesome like homeless ministry or an awesome nonprofit. No, it doesn't say that. We love homeless ministries. We love supporting things like that. It doesn't say, hey, give your tithe to a missionary, uh, even though missionaries are very important to Oasis Church. That's not what God says, uh, it doesn't say, hey, give it to X, Y, and Z. Hey, I'm gonna give it for this or that. No, 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 it's very clear. It says, hey, we bring the first of our first fruits to God's house. 
We bring it here to God's house. We bring it to God's house. It says this in Proverbs, it says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase. We're gonna honor God. We're gonna bring it to where God wants it to be. We're gonna bring the first fruits to God. And now your increase might not come from, from cows or from crops or whatever, but maybe you're a lawyer in here. That's where your increase comes from. Maybe for you, uh, you're a teacher. Well, that's where your first fruits come from. Maybe for you, you work a corporate job somewhere. Well, that's where your first fruits come from. And maybe for you, you might be retired. Well, that's where your, any increase, the Bible says, bring it to the house of the Lord. That's what it says. That's what the Bible teaches. I want you to think about this for a second. The Israelites, they were uh, in slavery to Egypt for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And finally, God sends Moses. Moses frees them. They cross over the Red Sea. They wander around in the wilderness for 40 years. Could you imagine? That would be terrible. Uh, And then finally, God allows them to cross over the Jordan River and into the promised land for the very first time. And when they get there, they have the big wall. Have y'all seen the veggie tales, Josh and the big wall? Y'all ever seen that? Come on now. Who, come on, raise your hand, don't be shy. Josh and the big wall, it's the best. It's the best veggie tales episode there is, other than the one that has cheeseburger in it, right? Uh, the episode stinks, but that song is fire. You know what I mean? But they get, to, they get to the big wall. They get to Jericho, and God tells them to do something weird. Walk around the wall a bunch, and then uh, do that for seven days. On the seventh day, walk around the city seven times and just yell. And when they yelled, the walls fell down. The Bible says flat, like they didn't crumble. They fell down flat and they walked in. Now, God gave them specific instructions. He said, and typically when you defeated back then, you defeated a city or an army, you would take all their spoils. You would take all their gold. You would take all their silver. You would take all their livestock. You would take anything that was worth something and it was yours now. And so you could do whatever you wanted with it. Well, God says, hey, when you get into Jericho, All of the silver, all of the gold, anything of value is mine. You're to give it to me. And so that was his his thought. Why? Because that was the first of many cities that they had to conquer in order to possess this promised land. He said, no, no, no. The first one doesn't belong to you. The first one belongs to me. But we had a knucklehead in the group. And this guy was like, you know what? God, his name was Achan. And he was like, God's probably not going to realize if I take a little bit for himself, for myself. And so he ignored God's clear instruction. And he took some silver and gold for himself. And the Bible says he became a curse. Come on, that's an old school word right there. That he was cursed. The spoils that were offered to the Lord were consecrated. They were holy. They were God's. But he, but he took it and he became cursed. And that's exactly what the Bible is throughout, or that's exactly what the tithe is throughout the Bible. Listen, I'm going to say something that's going to sound strong right here, but I want you to hear me. We are to honor God with our tithes, but if we take it for ourselves, it becomes a curse because it's stolen. It's not yours. It belongs to God. And you say, well, Pastor Clint, that sounds really extreme. I didn't steal anything. I earned this money. Well, listen to what the Bible says. Malachi 3. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have I robbed you? And the Bible clearly says this, in tithes and offerings. And it says, you're cursed with the curse. Later, God says in this chapter, I am God and I do not change. A lot of us, we want to explain this away. 
we, because it makes us uncomfortable. We want to explain this away because this idea seems foreign to us. Or maybe it's never been taught to you or maybe you try to justify it in some way. But God's word is very clear. The tithes and offerings belong to him. And when we don't return them to God, we're not going to be blessed. And I'm not just talking financially. Uh, but God tells us that, man, when we tithe, we are blessed. I, without exemptions, people that tithe say that they're blessed or that God's blessed them. I'm not just speaking, I'm not telling you that if you tithe, they're going to get rich. Don't hear me say that. That's not what I'm saying. But you are blessed. And without question, everyone that doesn't tithe, they say they can't afford to tithe. Now, do you want to be blessed or do you always want to feel like you can't afford to do it? Because I'm telling you, when you give God the tithe in faith, he redeems the rest. This is a principle that Stephanie and I have had to live out, and I'm telling you, in times where we didn't have two nickels to rub together. Like, I'm telling you, we, we couldn't afford to tithe on paper. We had owed too much in our taxes. We had medical debt that had gone to collections. And we, I mean, there were times we didn't have food. Like, we, we would be like, God, I, we don't know how we're going to eat right now. We don't have enough money right now. And we were just in a phase of life where we really took a step of faith and, and we were living in a place that was a region of the country that was very expensive and not making enough yet. Steph just had a daggone baby and she wasn't working. And I'm telling you, we were living in the hood. Like I'm talking in the hood and Riviera beach, you know, exactly. And I'm, it was the, the, it sounds, how nice does Riviera beach sound? And we didn't never been there. We just like Riviera beach sounds amazing. That sounds, I mean, yeah, we're going to be living that life. We get there, and I'm like, you're not allowed out of the house after dark, right? Like, I'm watching drug deals happen out, legit outside in the parking lot, and we, we did not live in a good part of town. But we decided we're going to be faithful in our tithe. I, I don't care. We're going to be faithful in our tithe. I'm going to give God 10% of everything. If I did a worship gig, 10%. If we sold something on Facebook, 10%. Our paychecks, 10%. That's what we're going to do. And we started, I'm telling you, see God's supernatural blessing over lives. And we didn't get rich. I mean, my gosh, I'm still not rich, okay? And I'll never be rich. I'm okay with that. But I will tithe. And there were times where we didn't have food. And we were like, all right, God, you're going to have to provide some food for us, like legit. And someone would invite us over. And we would have leftovers. They'd send us home with leftovers for a week. There were times we needed, we needed new clothes. And uh, somebody came at Pastor Julie, actually, who's... Pastor Todd's wife who spoke last week came up to Stephanie randomly and was like, hey, do you like free people? Which I don't know anything about girl clothes, but free people is a cool brand. Yeah. And she was like, I have a whole closet I'm getting rid of of a bunch of free people. And they're like the same size. And so Stephanie gets new clothes for free. There were times, I mean, I totaled our only car. Listen to me. I, we had one car. I was an idiot. I went through a red light and hammered somebody. I mean, I, I totaled our only car. The next day, listen to me, Steph had been praying for a van. We had a little Honda, Hyundai Elantra that it was about the size of a, 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 you know, box of matches. All right, it was tiny. And I told her, it was a great car though, totaled it. The next day, Steph had been praying for a van. God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but God, I need a van. A lady from our church calls us who worked at the church and said, hey, somebody just donated a car to the church and they feel like a pastor needs it right now. Would y'all be interested? And Steph was like, absolutely. She says, I hope you don't mind, but it's a minivan. Is that okay with you? And we were like, absolutely. That van was the ugliest van I've ever seen. <laughs> the biggest blessing I've ever had. I loved it. Yeah, oh yeah, you know. Sunroof leaked, had duct tape on the outside of it, but I, 
no door handles. I mean, my gosh, it was like the worst, on paper, the worst, but it was God's blessing to us. And we got to give that car to a family that was struggling with medical debt and they sold it for 10 times the amount that, that, that I, I'm telling you, because it was blessed. And then we got to give that car away. I bought another car for $1,000. I got to give that car away. And then someone gave us, gave us another van that was newer, less miles, a Honda Odyssey, baby. And it, the sunroof didn't leak. Both of the doors worked. And all of a sudden, God gave us another car. And you know what we did? We gave that car to a family that had twins. It only had one car. And then guess what? God gave us another car. And then what, what did we do? We turned around and we gave another car away. And then right before we left, we had to give, a, we gave a car away and we didn't have a car. We needed two cars when we got here. And we were like, you know what? God's going to provide. And we just knew God was going to provide. Why? Because we're blessed. God was going to provide what we needed. Christmas Eve services at our church. I'm sitting there leading worship, uh, get done. And I, I get out, go into the green room with the band. And, and a guy stops me and says, hey, God told me I need to give you our car. And I was like, oh my gosh. And at this point, no one knew we were moving. No one knew that we needed a car. And he said, God told me to give you a car. I'll call me later and we'll get it worked out. I'll call him later. And he said, hey, I have a Honda Civic. It's a two-door. But actually, I have a four-door that has like 80,000 less miles on it that's a little newer. Would you rather have that one? And I said, uh, yeah, I think I'll, t- I'll take that one. That's the car that I drive. You see me driving the Honda Accord. That's the one. Uh, there was one time we needed a car and I literally just prayed, God, you know what we need? Uh, God, would you just come through? The second I, I pulled into the church parking lot, I walked in, the first person I talked to looked at me. Had, I don't, I'm not friends with this guy. I don't know. I knew who this guy was, but we, we weren't like super close. He came up to me and said, do you need a car? That's what he said to me, the very first words. I started crying. I said, how did you know that? And he said, Pastor Todd emailed me months ago and I just haven't seen you. And I just saw you. Do you need a car? I'm telling you, when you tithe, you are blessed. And we couldn't afford to do it then. On paper, it made no sense. But God provided every single step of the way. And this is something Steph and I just do. We give now. 10% of anything that comes to our house immediately gets tithed on. Immediately. Why? Because it's not mine to keep. It's not mine to keep. You know, I have this up here. I want to give you a little illustration real quick. This is uh, 10 tens. How much money is that? Come on, somebody with math. Huh? Y'all were quick. Y'all know. All right. So I got 10 tens up here. What did you say? You went to first grade? So I got 10 tens up here. And I want to just show you a little illustration real quick. Now, this is not a trick question. What is the tithe of $100? $10. There we go. Look, you know. You know, $10. And if you've ever been a waiter, you know what 18% is of any number, right? Like, you know what 20% is of any number. But let me ask you this question. All right, so we know that $10 is the tithe on $100, right? All right, but let me ask you this question. Which one of these is the tithe? Okay, the first. Which one's the first? Huh? Whichever one I touch first. Now, here's the deal. Listen to me. Many of us get this wrong. And I want to teach you. I want to help you today. Let's say you get paid on Friday and you got some bills to pay, right? So uh, you, you got some bills to pay. So you take this one, you give it right here. 
Uh, your girls, they dance. So you got to pay for, come on now. You got to pay for dance. Uh, also, you got to pay for school. All right, we got we to gotta pay for school. So we're going to put that here as well. Uh, oh, got to give, got to tie to the church. Got to put that down right here, right? All right, all right. Oh, credit card's due. Got to pay the credit card. We're going to do that right here. Uh, oh, but I need some gas because Lord knows that's cheap right now. We're going to get some, we're going to get a 10. We're going to pay for gas right here. Um, oh, Mortgages due. Got to pay the bank. Got to give ten bucks to the bank. Um, all right, you got to pay for Disney Plus. Now your kids will revolt. That's the third parent in your home. All right, Disney Plus. Got to keep them happy. Got to pay that. Right. Oh, and I have a doctor's bill. I got to take care of. Got to copay. I got to do this right here. And so let me ask this: Did you tithe off the first of your increase? No. You tithed to something. What did you tithe to? What was first? The bills. The bills aren't going to bless you. Listen to me. The first one spent is the tithe. So it's possible to give 10% of your income and it not be tithing on God's principles. I think that's where we get mixed up. But remember, the first is consecrated. The first fruits, the firstborn, they're set apart. And it redeems. It's the sacrifice we make. It's the sacrifice we make before we know what else is coming. It doesn't require any faith to give when it's the last thing that you have to give to. It requires faith. You can say, nope, God, I'm giving this first. I'm going to give this first. I don't know what you're going to do to come through, but in faith, I'm going to sacrifice this, not knowing what the future holds but knowing that I have a God that has, the Bible says, a cattle on a thousand hills. Translation, he's loaded. The dude's got some deep pockets, okay? He can take care of your needs. Will he give you your wants? I don't know, sometimes. But he will take care of your needs. I'm confident in that. But we have to give the first in faith. The, the, the order is important. Just a tenth does not equal the tithe. No, 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 the first tenth is the tithe. The very first one. And so I want you to understand that today. The order is important. What we give, we give in faith. Knowing like, okay, God, I'm giving in faith. I, I won't be able to do, I won't be able to give to retirement as much now. But in faith, I'm trusting you that we're gonna be okay. Because tithers are blessed. I'm telling you right now, tithers are blessed. Paul even says this. He says, for the, if the first fruit is holy, the, the lump is also holy. So, hey, the first fruits, it's holy. It's set apart. It belongs to God. It's not like the rest of them. The first portion is the portion that redeems the rest. The first portion carries the blessing. That's why we don't give it to anything else. We give it to God and we give it to God's house. When God asked Abraham to, to sacrifice his son, Isaac, let me ask you this. How many other sons did Abraham have? Zero. God looked at him and says, will you give me everything that I've given you? He's the first, will you give it to me? And he says, yes, Lord, I trust you. In faith, I'm gonna do this. And right before he sacrifices him, that's when God provides the sacrificial lamb. It was given in faith. But some of us, we're, we're so tight-fisted with our money. We just wanna hang on to it like this. It's not going with you anywhere. When you die, you don't get to take this with you. But when we invest it into God's kingdom, we can make an eternal impact in this region around us. Let me, let me give you some stats real quick. In 1998, so these are old, but in 1998, listen, the body of Christ in the US earned an estimated $5.2 trillion. 
the total amount given in churches in 1998 was 92 billion. The amount given was 1.7% of the amount earned. Now listen to this. The rest of the world gave 1.8. America is tithing less than the poorest countries in the world. We're giving less. Now listen, imagine what would happen if God's people, not just Oasis Church, if the church started to live out this principle. There would be no more fundraisers at church. There would be no Amazon wish list for student ministries. There would be no car washes to raise money for mission trips. There would be none of that, why? Because the needs would be met through God's people. When we started this church, God gave us vision. There's not a lack of vision at this church. God gave us vision, he gave us a dream in our heart and it was things that I believe God wants to accomplish through Oasis Church. But let me tell you this, God is going to accomplish his purposes but you get to determine the pace. Listen to me. God wants to determine, or God wants to accomplish the, the vision that he's given us, but you get to determine the pace. Do you wanna know what God's put in our hearts for Oasis Church? Come on, do y'all wanna know? These are, some of these are crazy dreams. I'm not saying we're gonna do everything on here, but these are the dreams we have in our hearts. Can I tell you the dreams we have in our church? I don't even know if you're ready for it, but I'm gonna tell it to you anyway. Here, we wanna go to two services soon. I, that seems very reasonable. This, this room's pretty full right now. If it gets much bigger than this, we're gonna have to do something. We're gonna have to move to two services. Well, guess what? That costs resources. That costs time, right? We want more volunteers to serve. We want people, man, if you call Oasis your home, get involved in kids ministry. My gosh, they need you over there. Robin and Sadie need a break, all right? They, but we need that. We wanna hire some staff when it's financially responsible for us to do so. Because if you've been around us, Steph and I need people to keep us organized, all right? But we need to hire some staff. What We want to start, then I'm about to get some, I'm, I'm getting to some big vision here, all right? I started small. Here's some big stuff. We want to start a foster care organization. We want to start a foster care organization. And you know what I really want to do? I want to buy a neighborhood. I want to build a neighborhood. I want to start with a cul-de-sac. And I want these houses to be specifically designed for for God-loving, God-fearing parents to live in these houses where they can raise kids in the foster care system. And you know what? The state doesn't need to be taking care of our foster kids. The church needs to be doing that. And that's what we wanna do, man. I wanna do something like that. I wanna help families adopt. Man, I wanna, I wanna man, what if, what if our church could fund adoptions for families that love God, that are having trouble getting pregnant, or they feel that call of God in their life? What if we could meet that need? What if we could adopt kids into like families that love God? Think about that church. I wanna start a dream center in Sumner County. What's a dream center? It's a place that is a community hub that meets the physical needs of their community. So homeless people can go and find hot meals there. They can get free clothes there. They can get free healthcare there. They can get things that they need in order to live. It would be a safe place for kids to go to after school that might have working moms, that have single moms. They could go work, they could go play at the dream center. They could do these things. I wanna have a dream center. Oh, here we go, I'm excited about this one. Y'all know the old Kmart building in Gullitsville? I want that to be our church home one day. Listen, I believe it. I lay hands on that building all the time and I pray for it. Y'all think I'm crazy? If you see me over there, come join me. And I think Dollar General just renovated it for us. I really do. I, I think that is Oasis Church's future home. It's right off the interstate. We could reach people in East Nashville that are right there, up in Millersville, up on the Ridge, White House, all of Gullitsville, people from Hendersonville would drive over there. That's a church. 
That's our church. I believe that with my whole heart. That's what I want to see happen through this. I wanna reach the prisons in our state and host services in the prisons so that these people that are in bondage, they, they feel like they have no hope, can meet Jesus in a, as a, as a prison cell. And they can, we can have Oasis Church in every prison in the state of Tennessee. That's what I would like to see. Uh, I wanna start a leadership college where we can help train women to lead churches with their husbands. We can train up some more people that can lead together. I wanna, I wanna train people and, and call out the God calling in their life and train them to teach them how to lead and how to lead at a high capacity. I wanna have a church planting residency where we plant a church every single month of the year. We're planting 12 churches a year and they can come here, learn how to build church, learn how to do ministry, and we can send them off and help pay for whatever they need and send off and plant churches all across the nation. That's what I want to do. I want to have 52 international mission trips a year. That way the sun never sets on planet earth without Oasis Church making a difference somewhere. Come on. Are y'all feeling some of this? Come on now. Listen, I want to have a disaster response trailer that's ready to roll when a tornado or a hurricane hits. That's already full of supplies. That's full of chainsaws. It's full of food. It's full of water that we can, we can be boots on the ground as soon as something happens. I wanna equip the, the church, not just our church, the church with free resources, free worship music, free sermon, sermons they can buy and preach to their church, free kids curriculum. I wanna be a well that people can come and draw from. That's what I want to do. I want every lost person in Sumner County to hear the message of Jesus. Every one of them. Every lost person. Listen, this is crazy. This is probably the craziest one. I want to buy old malls, right? And turn them into dream centers across the country to where other churches can operate their church out of this dream center, but it can also be a beacon of light in that community where they can give away free meals, clothes. They can, imagine a mechanic shop that a single mom could go to for free and get her oil changed, get her stuff checked out, change her tires at a super low cost. Like imagine what could happen if the church just gave. Uh, we wanna house a homeschool co-op to where we can reclaim parents' time and give it back with their kids, right? Like we want to, we want their parents to connect with their kids' education. We want to maybe do some affordable daycare solution for single moms and working families. That's just the dreams that we have. But then I ask you guys, what are the dreams that you have for the church? I'm gonna read them to you. Uh, stock the teacher's break room at Gene Brown right across the street. Come on, we're gonna do that. We're gonna start a relationship with them this week, by the way. All right, uh, some of you, you wanted to create a meetings place for restoring addicts and counseling. Guess what? A dream center would do that. Uh, a Christ-centered daycare with scholarships for single moms. I love it. Come on, this is what y'all wrote. Uh, I wanna give out a free yard sale. I love that idea. Let's all get let's all get rid of the junk in our house. Let's give it away for free. Come on, I love it. Uh, let's see, a, a place where discipleship programs can help Christians of all ages and apply simple steps to their lives. I love that. Uh, counseling, a counseling center. That's something that you guys wrote. Counseling session, especially for young people, right? Uh, some of you said get a small bus so that we can fill it with uh, diapers and formula and things for baby and give it out for free to people. I love that. Uh, some of you said grow by reaching and unchurched people who have never been. We're trying to do that every single week. Invite them to church. Come on. All right. Well, we say be a direct impact on the community around us. We plan next year while we were gone on vacation once a month. In the year 2023, we're gonna do an outreach program through our community. 
Some of you said uh, a mentoring program. I think that sounds awesome. Uh, I would love to see a homeless ministry and to help clothe and feed the homeless people in our area. I love that. This is from you. Uh, a community garden. Come on now, we can plant some raised beds out here. Don't let me do it because it'll die. But hey, plant a raised bed out here and just have free food for people. I love that. And, and then somebody put an Oasis Church building and some property. Now listen, those are the dreams that you have. Those are the dreams that I have. These are things that we just thought of. But here's what the Bible says in Ephesians 3. Now to him who is able, listen, oh, this is so good, to do far more abundantly than we could ever ask or think. We serve a God who is able to exceed any dream that we have for this church. He's able to exceed any dream that you have for this church because he's able to do abundantly more than we could ever ask or even think. So you know what we're gonna do with this church? We're gonna think big because God can do more. I, I've seen it. And it says right there, to him be the glory in the what? Church. God's way he wants to accomplish these things is through his church. Now listen, all that's great. But let's get personal. Imagine what will happen when we, God, God begins to bless these things. Imagine, this little bitty, little bitty building ain't gonna hold us. Beyond all that, I want you to think, think of the single mom who feels hopeless and she's struggling through life. She can't have friends because she's working. She's taking care of her kids, but she doesn't know Jesus. Think about her. Think about her kids. Think about the businessman who barely has a relationship with his family because he works so much. He might earn a good living. They might live in a good house and drive a nice car, but he doesn't know Jesus and his family doesn't know Jesus. I want you to think about the student who's struggling right now with depression and anxiety and stress. They don't know Jesus and they're about one second away from taking their life because of bullying at school, because of the circumstances in their life. I want you to think about them. Think about the little boy who's nine, who's just real weird, right? And all they wanna talk about is Pokemon and Fortnite. It's like our little boy. And they don't know Jesus from Adam but they love having fun. Imagine if those people came and we could do whatever it took to reach. Imagine if the dreams, listen, that God put in our hearts, not just Stephanie now, but in your hearts for this church. Imagine if God wants to reach those people with the things that he's placed in our hearts. But I wanna tell you something. We have dreams, but we get to determine the pace. And when you put God first in your finances, listen, it unlocks something that's the Bible says in Malachi 3.10, it says, test me in this. You don't think I won't open the, the floodgates of blessing on your life? Test me in this. And I would offer you the same challenge. That's the only time in the Bible God says, test me, is when he's specifically talking about the tithe. Test him. Test him. Start tithing and see what, what, what your life will, your life will be blessed. And not only that, this church can start to accomplish the things that God has for us, that, that God has that's tasked Oasis Church that wouldn't happen otherwise if our church wasn't here. We can do those things. We get to determine the pace. We honor God. Seth and I, listen, we, we will give at least 10%. That's what we do. Anything above that is called an offering, by the way. Your 
tithe, we bring those to God. That's what Steph and I do. And maybe the response you need to do today is to start trusting God with your tithe and putting it in the right place. And the right place is the house of God. And so for you, maybe you need to, maybe you give irregularly or you give occasionally when you think about it, whatever. That's fine. Praise God for your generosity. I'm serious. But this has nothing to do with the church. God wants to bless you. And I, I believe that with my whole heart. So maybe today, you, the, the step, the practical step you need to take is you need to start tithing. God, in faith, I'm going to give this. And do it with the right heart. And you can do that a bajillion different ways in our church. You can give in the envelope that you get on the way in, and you can put a check in there. You can put cash in there. Write your name on it. We're, we have, Our system will keep track of all that. So at the end of the year, you can write it off on your taxes. You can do all that. And we do that for you. But those, if you don't put it in the envelope, we don't know who gave it, all right? And if it's cash, we certainly don't know. So we, but we want to know because we want to help send those reports out to you at the end of the year. So you can do it in the envelope. Get, get an envelope today. Leave, take it with you, pray. God, what are you, what are you speaking to me right now? What do I need to do? Some of you, the easiest thing you can do is just go to Oasis, oasistn.church. That's our website. And you can click on the gift tab. And what we do is we have an automatic thing set up on ours like there's no option but to spend that first like it comes out before anything else comes out in our bank account and so we take out it, it automatically drafts out of our bank account and it comes directly to the church and if you want to do something like that man i want to invite you to do that let's do the things that god's called us to do and let's step up and let's be obedient what god teaches us today come on i want you to bow your heads and i want you to close your eyes God, I thank you that you modeled this for us when you gave your son. You gave your first to us. And I pray that our response would be to give our first to you because it belongs to you. It's yours anyway. So God, I, I pray if anyone feels offended or challenged or in a negative way, God, that you would just soften what uh, your word says in their hearts where they can receive it today. And I do, I pray for obedience in this area in our church, God. And I pray that, man, you wouldn't, uh, that people wouldn't be able to uh, live in Sumner County without hearing about Jesus because of what you want to do through your church. And God, we commit that to you today. God, we love you. We thank you so much. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, give God a hand, somebody.